What it is, guys, your boy, Alan, and today, got Champions League second week, I mean, not second week, the second legs, crazy, man, crazy week, we got Inter Liverpool, other games, and the closest game, Real Madrid, Real Madrid versus PSG, man, but also at the end, I'm gonna give my thoughts on what happened on the Sunday, or Saturday, in La Liga MX, Quetaro versus... Atlas, I'm gonna give my idea, my opinion, the facts, and my opinion on that at the end. So stay tuned after that. All right, but let's start off with the second lap of Liverpool versus Inter Milan. All right, partido de vuelta. All right, in Merseyside, I'm gonna keep it a hunting with y'all. A boring first half, bro. I fell asleep from like minute 15 to the 27. All right, none of the players woke up either. Right, they were sleeping too. None of, all the players were sleeping too. Second half, the intensity had picked up. They realized, I guess they realized they were in the UCL knockout stage. And they were going back and forth. And at the 62 minute, Lautaro Martinez, he scores a golazo, bro. Top right corner. No way Allison is saving that. And Inter won the game 1-0. But Liverpool advance on aggregate 2-1. All right, despite the scoreline, me and Klopp. Because Klopp said that the, at, the, at his press conference at the end of the game. I believe the Reds were superior. Right? More possession, 62% to Inter's 38%. Better quality of goal chances. XG, Liverpool had a better XG, 1.65 to 0.3. And more shots, 12 shots to 6. Two shots on target to Inter's 3. They just needed the goals to prove it. They had three big chances. Two of them were missed by Mo. Uh, he got unlucky today. Not his day-to-day. Clear chances, and they both hit the left and the right, and I mean, not today, I mean, the other day. For the blue side of Milan, I wholeheartedly disagree with uh, Simeone Inzaghi for subbing off Lautaro minutes after the goal. Now, he made the subs because a minute after the goal, Alexis Sanchez, he got a red card for a dumb, I mean, it wasn't really that dumb, but he did have his his studs high, and that's gonna give you a card in today's game. So he wanted, so Inzaghi wanted to go more defensive, with only having 10 men on the field, which I understand. Benzaghi, you gotta see it through me and the fans and even the players' eyes and perspective. This is the second leg knockout stage of the UCL. You gotta go all out on attack, bro. You only need one goal to tie. Take the risk. See, they had a setback. They, I mean, let's see, they set back and defended and they lost going that conservative route now maybe if they attacked they most likely would have conceded a goal but playing conservative conservative wasn't gonna win you the draw either should have kept locked out in subbed in Edin Dzeko who knows what could have happened you could have gone the goal could have gone the goal right I'm just saying gotta go all out on attack it's the UCL man go all on attack it doesn't matter if you concede goals let's just go out there and let's go win try to win but whatever man he didn't do that, and I think he deserves criticism for that. But the Premier League club moves on, and let's see who they draw. Bayern versus Salzburg, right? I told y'all, trust in Bayern, trust in Nagelsmann, trust in Lewandowski, trust in Mueller. A 7-1 demolition, right? Hat-trick by Lewandowski. A goal by Nambri, a brace by Mueller, 
and a dagger goal by Sonic. Do I need to really bring out the stats, guys? Fuck yes, I do, bro. Look at look at the Munich club, bro. 72% possession to 28% of, of Salzburg's 28%. 3.63 xG to 0.63 xG in favor of Munich. 673 completed passes by Bayern compared to Salzburg's 203. 60 duels won by Bayern compared to Salzburg's 31. Total shots Bayern had 18 to Salzburg 7. And on the, all those 18, 9 were on target compared to Salzburg's 4. The die rotten out of a large sample size of shots, 18, they had half of them on target. Half of them on target 9. That's insane stat, bro. Like, why do I put so much emphasis on shots, you might ask? To me, shots and shots on target is the statistic that tells you who really dominate, who really control the game. Because you can look at the possession, but that doesn't really matter. An example, I'm going to give you guys a few weeks back. Manchester City, they lost to Tottenham. All right, City, they had more possession. They lost to Tottenham despite having more possession, 71%. But... Spurs had more shots on target. Five to four. I test and scoreline said Spurs played better. Shots matter. And XG comes from shots. So shots is king for me. Also in the game, Lewa. He scored a hat trick in 23 minutes. A new UCL record, the fastest one. You know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he's a penalty merchant. Whatever, man. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I know. I get it. I mean, there were penalties, but... And it was against Salzburg. But he could have missed them. Penalties are actually difficult to take, all right? And it, it's so difficult to take because the expectation is that they're so easy to make. And they're not. It's hard to take these penalties, bro. If you actually played football, you know. And credit to Salzburg. I guess some credit to Salzburg. Better Bayern. As I said, I don't think Salzburg played that bad. But they're a young team. Literally their oldest guy was Andreas Olmer. And he's like 36. And all the rest of the guys are under 25. So, yeah, I guess some credit. You know, it's Bayern. You're going to be Bayern. It was a seven, It was 7-1. But they won 7-1 to the greatest German club ever. So are you really going to blame him? Are you really going to kill Salzburg? No, we're not. We're not really going to kill him, bro. It's just, it's Bayern. Greatest German club ever. You got to let that slide. Moving on, bro, to the game of the week. Game of the week, bro. What a game. Real Madrid versus PSG. RIP, a moment of silence to all those who missed the game. It was in the Bernabeu, all right? First half, electric, electric, all right? Madrid pressed the fuck out of PSG. I mean, we were so high up that the 39th minute, Mbappe got behind Militao and made it 1-0, right? He's fast, bro. Second half out of nowhere, Bansama. He presses Donnarumma. That, met, that causes Donnarumma to mess up. And he passes the ball to Vinny who finds Benzema to make it 1-1. I 
at 76, Modriki finds Benzema again, and it makes it 2-1. And literally after that goal, we right PSG gets the ball and they lose it somehow. And we go out sprinting and attacking again. Marquinhos messes up and that and that like, he touches the ball wrong. And that leads up to Karim getting the ball and he finishes it for his hat trick to complete the comeback. I don't even know where to start, y'all. I'm a, I guess I'm gonna start on the tactics. I right, Ancelotti, he, I guess he was tired of hearing that conservative talk when we went to the park, the princess, how he was just playing uh, all defensive. He was just parking the bus right when the game started. The whole unit pressed. All right, and, and this led to some pretty good chances. However, all that pressing, we leave a lot of space behind us. A lot of space that Mbappe and BSG, specifically Mbappe, could exploit, could exploit, which they did, but only got a goal out of it. All right, PSG, though their attack is extraordinary, bro. They're really good. Like if you look at them play, I know they, I know they're gonna they had a choke job, and I mean, I'm gonna talk about that. But come on, that trio, Mbappe, Messi, Neymar, like bro, like they watch them play. I was like, bro, it's good. They can play possession. The game, they could play the counter game, but they fall. Like we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that more about that later. Mbappe, bro, he's oh, killing. Just a game changer, bro. He was killing us the first half. After his goal, we got the life sucked out of us, bro. The players, those Madristas, they just got the life sucked out of us. The same thing. This is the same thing in the second half, right? For the first few minutes. For the first half, bro, we were just melancholy. Melancholy. But that boy Benz, man, saved us. El Gato on the first goal. Deserved. Deserved goal. He pressed on a Rama when everything was down. Everybody's knows that we have nothing. He doesn't need to press him. Most players wouldn't have. But he went out there and he went tried. And he pressed him. And that led to the goal. This the first goal, bro. Changed the whole game. Shifted the whole thing. We were back. Shifted the momentum. We were back, and then he continued to score his goals. I'm telling you, that first goal, man. It just switched everything. The fans came back into the game. The players came back into the game. The broadcast broadcasters came back into the game. All credit to Benz, bro. That goal just sparked it, and we went back into the game. Oh, for Madrid, we had a lot of man of the match. For me, I think we had a lot of man of the match guys in the team. Obviously, one of them was Benz. I think he actually won it. I mean, for his goals, only hat trick. I mean, he was probably the best player, all right? But I also think Modric, Luca, he played very well. Bro. Four recoveries, one key pass, one assist. 30, what is like 34? And that man is still, and then one play. It was in the second half though, and then PSG were on a counter, and Messi's about to make a run. Well, they just comes out of nowhere, slide tackles the fuck out of him, bro. Slide tackles him. 34 years old. That's that's a winning team, bro. That's why he's won three peats of UCLs with Madrid, bro. Just uh, Federico Valverde, he was everywhere. Five recoveries for him. He pressed everyone. Uh, Vinny Jr. He had seven dribbles completed, one assist. I was like, there's like three times where I seen him just 
pass all these PSG players, but they could not get the ball off of him. Like, you have to foul him to get the ball off of him. Spectacular stuff. Spectacular stuff. Our defense, bro, they struggled versus Mbappe. But Messi and Neymar, they were shut down second half, especially Messi. First half, Messi was pretty good. But then the second half, he was shut down. They didn't play horrible, but not well enough to impact the game. So, Real Madrid, you know, we pass on the quarters. We pass to the quarters. Let's see who we draw. And PSG, they did it again. The choke artists. The UCL choke artists. I said PS in the beginning. I remember. You remember what I said? When Messi came in PSG, I said, they better win it this year. They better win it this year. They have everything. And they couldn't even pass the round of 16. Now, I know it was against us. Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Los Blancos. Right? We're the best club ever. No cap. But look at the team, bro. Look at the coach. This is a squad. All right. Punch, he disappointed me, man. But not specifically in this game. Because I think Madrid just, we were just better than them. I mean, we just took over. And there's a lot of individual errors by the PSG players. You know, like uh, Marquinhos passing it to Benzema on the third goal. We don't know what he's doing there. And then obviously Donnarumma messing up. But that's, one of, that's why I don't think he deserves that much. But Messi. And Neymar, they deserve some criticism, right? Because they disappeared the second half. And I already told, I think y'all seen the way I put on my Instagram. Go follow my Instagram at Alan Ising. Messi is the most defended player ever. I think in, even in all of sports, bro. Like, oh my God. Nothing he could do is wrong. He's been involved in a bunch of fracasos. He's been involved in a bunch of, I forgot the word in English, a bunch of choke jumps. And he gets a pass each time by the media and his fans. He gets a pass. He's like, well, Messi can't do everything. He's your leader, right? Why doesn't he talk when they're losing? Why does he say, come on, guys, let's go. Oh, that's not him. What? Then why doesn't he do something on the pitch? Oh, my God. Bro, I told, I don't, I don't hate Messi. But there's got to be a certain point where you actually got to put some blame on this guy. Okay? A lot of people think he's the GOAT. I don't think he's the GOAT, but... I think he's in that conversation. But if he's the GOAT for y'all, he gotta do something. He can't just keep having these repeated offenses again and again and he fails and again and again. He's he's gonna do something. But anyways, and you already know how continue on, you know how I feel about Neymar. He just disappeared the whole game. He wouldn't know where to be found. But taking all the criticism from them, their defense. When they were defending like the midfield uh, their, and their back forward, Marquinhos, Kipepe, Hakimi, and Nuno Mendes. Horrible. You cannot blow a 2-0 lead like that. Right? When, when it was 2-2, they were just they were tired out. They had no energy. They were slumping. That's what they were, that their whole body was down. They were done. They gave up. Like We had a thousand chances at the end. We could have scored seven. Like, but the, the 80th minute to the ninth, we could have scored seven because we would keep pressing them. And they, they just had nothing. They were done. It was just like, it wasn't even sad. I mean, it was happy for me to see, but if you were a PSG fan and you were neutral, you were like, this is garbage. This is garbage. But for me, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. But League One, but I'll keep talking about Pochettino, right? They disappointed me this season because in League One, League One, they've been losing. Right, so he's going to get snacked. Disappointing for all the PSG fans, but this is their history. They got the Remontada versus Barcelona's 6-1. You got 2019 
versus Man U. Wasn't even a good Man U squad. And they lost to them. And then last year versus City. They just they're just cursed. They're just cursed. I don't I don't know if it's because they buy all these players or or their ownership, the Qatari owners. I don't know. Man, they are cursed. And they gotta do something. Stats wasn't a big damn factor in this game, but we'll bring out the stats. Alright, PSG had more possession, 56% to Real Madrid's 44%. Told you, bro. Possession doesn't really matter. But look and look at the XG. Uh, 1.54 for PSG compared to Madrid's 2.18 and total shots we had 21 and PSG had 10 we had 7 on target PSG had 4 again didn't I tell you about the shots the shots is what matters it's what matters and duels won pretty it was you know pretty funny stat both 48 to 48 so even again wonderful game bruh you need you want like UCL games like this all the time, back and forth. It was great. It was great, especially that we won. So it was even better. But we went to a, a more boring game. <laughs> I feel bad for the people who had to watch this game and not the Madrid versus PSG game. I had the game for uh, Man City versus Sporting Lisbon. Game finished 0-0 in the Etihad. Uh, Gabriel Jesus had a goal that was ruled offside at the 47 minute. Pretty surprising. All right, I thought City were going to win like 5-0 again or something like that. Something similar, but no. Defensive game, and you can tell it's a defensive game as Americ Laporte won man of the match. A defender, a center back, won man of the match. I pretty much tell you all you need to know, right? The stats say that City outplayed them 14 total shots to Sporting 6 on target 4-3 to three, favor of City. Possession, City, I mean, obviously, possession, both City's always going to have more possession. 69%, 31%. XG in favor of City, 2.08 to 0.78. And duels won also in favor of City, 49 to 31. So the Citizens, they had opportunities. Just wasn't, it just wasn't their day. They couldn't score them, they couldn't hit them. But it doesn't really matter because they pass on aggregate score of 5-0. Feel bad for all the people who didn't watch the Roman Druid and they watched this game. Sucks for them. Sucks for them. Are we gonna get more serious though? On on Atlas versus Getaro, the riot slash invasion. Pretty sure y'all heard about it by now, but we're gonna get some facts and I'm gonna put my opinion. Alright, so according to Tude and a reporter Yusuf Garo, who was at the game, and I'm gonna paraphrase, he said that 15 minutes into the second half in the section where the away fans sit in the style de los gallos which is which was Atlas fans in, in this case started talking some shit because their team was winning and the Quetro fans man they became enraged and they became sour and they started a huge fight in the stands right and fan and then those Quetro fans from the other side of the stadium they caught wind of it they wanted to join, so you know, a mass it makes them even a massive brawl happened. It makes it bigger, which led them to going into the pitch. Now you may ask, well, how did the security in El Estadio like how 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 does this happen? Where's the security? Well, the only security in El Estadio de la Corregidora at the time were three females. Three females. That's it. Three females. Now, I'm not saying females can't handle themselves, because they can. 
But this is Mexico. This is Mexico, man. You know, I'm Mexican, bro. Chicano, bro. I love Mexico. But we have a history. Mexico has a history bearing a very uh, misogynistic. And they don't care about women a lot of the time. So, and then you only got three women? Come on. That's, that's set up for disaster. I mean, if it was only three guys, but now three women. Uh, and, and according to Carro, right? Continuing on. According to Carro, some dudes, or he called animals. Uh, later, you know, he called them animals on the broadcast. Later known as Grupo Animacion. They pushed the three security guards and threw them to get into the pitch. Elsewhere in the stands, all right, they were... They were saying that fans of Los Gallos were attacking any Atlas fans. They're just attacking them like it didn't matter if they were females, it didn't matter if they were kids. They're just they just beat the shit out of them because they were Atlas fans. Uh, one story that got famous was El called you know, called El Niño de Quetaro, who he gave his signed jersey, Quetaro shirt, to a lady who she said on Twitter Twitter that she gave it to him. No wait, he gave it to her so she could leave on harm shout out you know and it's supposed to be true so shout out to that dude you know, he, he, he knows what he's doing and according to through the internet right now and other news sources 26 people were hospitalized only three left in the hospital right now hundreds is there is injured and supposedly zero are dead which a lot of fans in the massacre say that is not true that is a lie there has to be some dead a lot of people are saying that there's no way that some dude that there's nobody dead because supposedly there's one lady who's interviewed right through then and she said they called her and that her friend was dead he got beat up very badly and he died of his injuries and then some other guy said i'm through then and that he when he was leaving the stadium he seen some dudes had their guns and they were shooting rounds of bullets to people so they're saying that's that's false. There has to be dead. There has to be dead people. I mean, you know, unfortunately, a lot of speculation about this is that the Mexican press, you know, has a history of being shut up by the Mexican government and a grand number of deaths. Uh, there was a grand number of deaths. Like they reported, that there was a grand number of deaths. This could affect La Liga Mekis, uh, their teams, and other competitions. Mexico in the World Cup and to host World Cup games because they're going to host World Cup games in 2026. So, they say the numbers are inaccurate. Uh, me personally, I get you trying to defend, like, from the whole situation. I personally, like, now I'm going on to my opinions now. I get you trying to defend your team, but it should never get to that level where you want to kill someone over a soccer team. All right, I love football. We all love football. Y'all know I love football. But it should never be that serious. It's just the game. It's the game. You know, like Tone would say, it's more than a game. Yeah, it's more than a game. Like to actually like play the game. But if you don't, if you're just a fan. It's not more than a game. It should never be that serious. But obviously, get that all. They fuck themselves with only having three security guards. Like, come on. And the females, come on. And for the government. Uh, hiding, hiding these numbers that doesn't surprise me at all because it's the Mexican government Mexican government equals corruption we all know this, this is not surprising not surprising at all 
Some of the comp thinking it's funny because that's how corrupt we are. Some of the comps could have been the Cathedral fans being the shadow people. That's just facts. And you know, it's obviously it would be embarrassing for the government to let that into the world. It'd be pretty shameful. But you know, it's, it's shameful, but it's not surprising, which makes it way more depressing because it's not surprising. Uh, after that, you know, games were suspended in La Liga Mekis, but they're coming back uh, for Los Gallos. They had sanctions placed on them. Some of these sanctions are that all games will be played without fans for a year to like March 8, 2023 or something like that. Something similar to that, but until 2023, uh, they've been f they've been fined pretty heavily. Uh, the owners are f they're forced to sell their clubs. So it's gonna be pretty bad. Forget that one. Uh, they probably brought this on themselves. I mean, not really them. But having that secure, like, come oh. It's mostly the fans' fault, though, because it should never be that serious. And what's funny is that the club and the players and the owners, you know, they're suffering most from this. But in reality, it's like the fans who should be paying. Like, the people, the, the Quetero fans are out there starting fight violence. Are they the ones that are at least paying for this? And they're the ones that started the whole thing. So that's kind of like, that sucks. That's unjust, but that's how the world works sometimes, bro. That's how the world works sometimes, but I stand we got for the episode. I enjoyed this episode. I mean, UCL, bro, is great, bro. I'm telling y'all. Roma Drivers pissed you the grass like one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. But the best game I've ever seen in my life was Roma Madrid versus Bayern second leg at the Better Not 2017. UCL. It's one of the best games I've ever watched. I think it's probably the best game I've ever watched. So I'm saying, but anyways, but this is one of the best ones I've ever watched. Get that over to Atlas. Sad, sad occurrence. It was brought by popular demand. Shout out, France, shout out Francisco. And we had a good talk about it. I'll see y'all in the next one. Allies out.